This podcast is brought to you by PodPro Australia. Hello and welcome to the Global Glamping podcast series. My name's Adam Bell, I'm your host, and once again joining me is Simon Fabian, CEO and founder of Global Glamping. Welcome. Hi Adam, how are you? Yeah, very well, very well. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, look, we spoke about uh, domestic violence, homelessness, and how you're helping victims um, in, in that space uh, in our last episode. Today I wanted to, to touch a bit more on your, your natural disaster homelessness pro- program. Yep. So Global Glamping's... Um, you know, support for these individuals. Um, how does that work? You know, there's a there's a there's a disaster. What what happens next? Okay, well, I'll start with the example that we've actually implemented. Sure. So, um, just south of Lismore, there's a suburb called Woodburn. Um, when we had the floods almost two years ago, I think two years ago now. Yep. Um, many houses were just washed down the river. It was the worst flood that they've ever had, and it was the second one in a p- four or five years that they'd had. Um, and given we're already in that space, yep. uh, reached out to a couple of families and discovered that not only were there housing issues immediately from the, the flooding, but there was insurance issues, there was supply delays for getting houses, there was um, government intervention, just doing whatever they could as an emergency response. Um, and, you know, overall, given the size of the event, I think everyone did a pretty good job. Yep. Right? And we're best, always going to... best you can in, in those yeah, circumstances. Yeah. And, and we'll always look back and, and say, oh, we should have done. Yeah. But the reality is it was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hearing the stories about people now having no houses at all, we, we haven't got the funds to rebuild a house for them. Yep. Um, the government's talking about buying back land and having people move off their land. And these yep. are farmers that have lived there for generations, right? Sure. So it's not just about a financial transaction, it's about the heart. Yeah. Um, and then you've got health issues and other things that we've spoken about previously. Um, so we had to come up with a concept and thankfully it was already on the market and we eventually found it. So essentially it's a house... It unfolds off a trailer. It's registered as a caravan, but it's as big as a two or three bedroom house, depending on which model. We, we you mentioned this briefly in our, our previous episode, and I find this this amazing that, that these things actually e- exist. There's a whole heap of what they call tiny houses out in yeah, the market, yeah, yep. and you know, and they are very tiny houses. Yep. These things, depending on the model, can accommodate a family comfortably with their own bedroom and bathroom and everything. And if you want to go completely off grid. You could even do that and then minimise your electricity bills moving forward. And if you've got no money because you've been left with nothing after a disaster, everything counts. Yep. Um, and they can be folded up and moved within eight hours if there's another event. And because they're registered as a caravan, you don't have all the council issues. Well, not as many anyway. Yep. Um, and it's insurable because it's a caravan, it's not a house. So if you're in a flood zone, you can move your caravan, but you can't pick up your house and move it. No. Um, and over time we've discovered that, you know, there's one company in particular we have been using, um, but at some point we'll be partnering with another company so we'll have maybe shares in that sure. so we can control supply. Because at the moment if we've got another another um, participant in our program that needed a house today, we might have a four-month delay for delivery. Sure. 
Um, whereas if we've got control, the, 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 the next problem in the, in yeah, the chain. Yeah, so where do you put them for, for four months? And then by the time you negotiate the land with a farmer that you can share off or things like that, the whole deal falls apart. Yep. So by having shares in a company that will build, we can prioritise our build um, within reason. I mean, we're not going to you know, build an empire around it. Sure. But at least it gives us a bit more of an ability to have a speedy response. To get it in there quicker. Um, so what we did from there, if I can elaborate. Yeah, sure. There, is that um, we took a package to the New South Wales State Government um, where if the government would fund the houses, um, because they're so low cost, yeah. right, um, we can offer cheap rent to people, but that rent could actually reimburse the government for the outlay. Sure. Right? Um, and we thought we we're almost across the line for a hundred houses, and we're like, we probably, you know, pop the sh- champagne yeah. course a little early because then there was an election, a change of government, uh, and everything's gone back to where it started oh from. No. But so, still, still on the negotiation table. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and we're now looking and talking to the federal government because it's a model that could be used that um, doesn't drain the public purse over time because they're getting the money back from it. It solves the problem straight away. It yep. gives people adequate nice accommodation not just a, a yep. box to live in as a temporary measure yep. um and it's a win-win all round. is it a rent to own program that you're looking there or purely just the rent just to the, pay the, off the initial the state government one was rent to own yep. um so again the win-win-win yep. all round, and it's insurable yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. so it's um I, it's probably my favorite little pet project in the whole thing actually. look it, it sounds very exciting because that would get so many in so quickly and and you know, be ready to roll, you know, when, when the next disaster comes along. Yeah, and, and we could do it and roll out nationally so we could protect all Australians. And that's, yeah. Fantastic. Can you describe how the um, the process works from identifying individuals after a, a national, uh, a natural disaster, I should say, um, to, prov- to to the, the point of getting them this transportable home? I know there's a lot that happens in between there, but how, do, how does that work? Oh, look, at the moment, because there's only the one case with sure. the South Wales floods, it was a matter of first in best dress, spread the word amongst yep. yourselves because, as you you know, or everybody knows, advertising costs and all those sort mm-hmm. of things. And when you start with a zero budget, it's pretty hard to get the word out. Yep. So we've just tried to um, encourage people to tell their friends and tell their friends and yep. tell their friends um, until we can reach that critical mass. And yes, from a business perspective, if you want to look at a charity as a business, yep. that's going to take an incredible amount of time. But given we've got limited resources, hopefully we'll grow over time yep. to match the need. Um, we are working on strategies to identify who do we choose if we've got one house and two potential yep. um, participants That's in the hard, program. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah, well, thankfully we haven't had that problem yet. Yep. Um, but it's something the management committee are working on with me. So, sure. Yeah. How do you determine the rent or the, the purchase price for one of these um, homes? Um, we, it's a quite simple formula. Make it as cheap as we possibly can for the recipient. Mm-hmm. Um, dependent on the size of the investment. So if you get a studio relocatable home, the the purchase cost for that is about sixty nine nine thousand. Okay, um, the rent they pay is three thirty, but the rent in that area that is being asked in an open market is five fifty to seven hundred a week. Sure. So we've got them half rent. It's still a twenty percent return, roughly. Yep. Um, and again, it's a win-win. Sure. So. Now, for those are uh, you know affected by a natural disaster who don't have insurance, how do how does Global Glamping assist them? Well, same situation. So we go and look at what the situation is. 
and try to put a package together that suits their individual needs. Sure. It's not a blanket, oh, you're entitled to 20,000, you're entitled to 10,000, whatever it might be. Um, because at the end of the day, if you don't have enough, you don't have enough, no. right? Um, and a single person may only need something small where, you know, a mum and dad with three kids need something much bigger. Um, so we go and work that out and we'll go and, we'll go and look for an investor to help for their personal need which opens the opportunity for small investors, not just the big corporates. Well, that's so. what I want to talk about now. Explain this model to me. How does a, a business or an investor contribute to this cause? Explain how that – put put the pieces together for me yeah. in terms of how this is a, a win-win-win. Okay. So essentially, we'll use a family for the example. Yep. Um, we might need to raise on $100,000 for a particular house. Yep. Um, the investor makes the investment via a donation to the charity. Um, and depending on their situation and the tax structures and all the nitty-gritty around that, it may or may not be tax, tax deductible. deductible right? yep. um, then the rent return, if, if not tax deductible, the investment can go back to the investor. So, you know, if you make roughly a 20% return on a house um, for a small investment, mm-hmm. um, 100000 being small given the cost of a, a house in normal terms. Um, it's a great return, it's a great investment and it's actually offering an opportunity to somebody that's been left with nothing um, to get back on their feet. Absolutely. And that can be run as a rent-to-buy rent situation or just a straight-out rental. There's no problem with that. Sure. Okay. So what, what are some of the challenges um, you've encountered while providing, you know, these sort of solutions in, in the aftermath of, of disasters? Um one of the biggest hurdles we were going to have in the beginning was supply of materials for the houses. So these companies can make the house for you, not a problem. But um, if they can't get the glass for the windows or if they can't get the aluminium for the walls or whatever it yep. might be because of COVID and the economic situation and the world and the global issues and everything else, um, it's very, very frustrating. Um, and strategies needed to be found to overcome that. So we're trying to become bulletproof in that space. Of course, you've you, you put all this together, this whole entire program throughout COVID. I mean, that just must have been um, terribly difficult. Um, to be honest, no, because during COVID, we just closed the doors. Right. Because we just, all we were focusing on at that point was providing glamping holidays for people right. and use the profit from that to fund the homelessness projects. Who went glamping during COVID, right? Yeah, true. So we there's nothing I could do. One person closed the doors. Um, and about oh, just over 18 months ago now, yep. um, around the time the northern New South Wales floods hit, um, everything just started to unfold. And yeah. Sure. Has it been, has it been tough to, to manage the balance of affordability for a disaster victim and a, and a satisfactory return for those investors looking to fund the homes? Not really, because, you know... Seventy thousand dollar investment, three fifty a week return. Um, it's pretty work. good. It, it stacks just, it up. Just, just stacks up. Yeah. Okay. Can you um maybe discuss a situation with me where the donor has benefited financially while also making a, a significant impact? Yep. Okay. So, um, essentially, the the, the um, recipient of the house. Yep. Um, domestic violence victim, couple of kids. Um, paying three thirty a week rent. Yep. Um, the investor put the money up, and they get the rent. Now, this this investor um, 
He's unlike many. I was going to ask, have they come at this financially or have they come at this with a, the social conscience or a bit of both? Um, I look, you've got to be a bit of both. You've got to have a heart, right? I mean, the challenge I think for most people is, and this is the rental market, because, oh, landlords shouldn't have rents so high. But if interest rates are so high and there's so much debt attached to that house, how else can the investor keep the house? True. Now, if you're a um, occupant of your own home with a mortgage, how do you keep up? Mm. So this situation provides a low-cost house. And, yeah, sure, we could charge double for the accommodation. Yep. But that's not the purpose of what we're trying no. to achieve, right? Yep. Um, so the numbers working out of that, tw- that roughly 20% return, yep. um, it, it just works yep. so on a financial level. But to, to know that you can get, say, 600 a week and you're only getting 300 a week, You've got to be part of the part of emotional, the spiritual, yep. bigger, bigger yep. picture. Sure. Now, this particular investor, and I won't, yeah, she'd be very embarrassed, um, isn't even interested in that. She's taken out the loan for the property, provided it, made a very small return because the rent just covers the loan repayment. The loan repayment. So essentially, she's not getting anything, but that was her choice. Yep. Uh, that's a massive heart. For somebody that genuinely cares about the world. But she's right? sitting back knowing that there's a, a mother and three kids who are safe yep. and are, are living in a, in a good place, in a good area, and, um, you know, are making a, a, a she life get, for themselves. And she, I mean, she gets she nets about $50 a week return on it. Yep. So she's not left in the cold. Yep. Um, but it is. I, it's a perfect win-win-win. Yeah. Yep. No, fantastic idea. And um, so you'd be on the lookout then for more people who, um, you know, fit that, that mould that, yeah, that ab- are investors yeah. but also want to make a difference. Yeah, those with a social conscience. Yep. Um, and if you can afford to do that, then, you know, m- my dad that I've spoken about in the previous episode, um, one of the things I learned from him was that if you see a problem in the world, you've got a human obligation to do something about it. That's um, fantastic. So if, you, if you've, you know, you've got the resources to help out people in need, I'm not saying give away your wealth because everybody needs to be stable. But, you know, think about your fellow man that hasn't been so lucky. So. Fantastic. How does um, – the, the question I sort of thought of a, a, a little earlier, in keeping this rent low, is there agreements like this, you know, these yeah. victims may want to live there for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. what, what sort of agreements do you have in place, you know, to ensure rent does stay at that affordable level for them? Or, or how does that work going forward over years? It's a fixed lease um, or uh, legally written up. So this first one we're talking about, um, she's $330 a week for the next seven years. Um, so she's secure. If she wants out, she can, she can go. That's yep. fine. Um, but it gives her that security. And in this particular case, she owns it in the end. So there's an incentive there for her to look after it and to Absolutely. do the right thing. Um, because we do protect the investors. Like if if the rent's not paid or it's a breach in the agreement, they lose the opportunity to own the house. Right. Um, it's not just a freebie, give you, give you. People yep. need to contribute. Of sure. Certainly, you know. Yep. It's a two-way, let's work together. And... Um, so how has this initiative been received by the communities um, that you've worked in and, and, you know, the community, especially where maybe this, this house is? People that are aware of the truth of it, which is what I'm telling you is the truth, Yep, um, love it um, and want to share it. We've had some inquiries because of that. 
um, those that are not aware of who we are and what we're really about are very skeptical. Right. And, and I'd love that must be frustrating. Oh, it's a killer. I'd love five cents every every time someone said, "Oh, it sounds like a scam. It's too good to be true." Now it, it's easy to get defensive around that. But the truth is the world is in just such a shocking yep. place that there's so many scams that the, the, the good ones, the good people, are getting thrown out with all the, the real scams. Um, and that'd be my biggest headache is how does, you know, a team of now um, two staff and a management team of seven um, get enough of the, the truth out there that can be verified? Um and we're doing things around that, but it's going to take time. Yep. Um, and I just, I'm loath to turn into a really big corporate organisation because we'll lose who we are. Yep. And we need the ability to be spontaneous and flexible, not yep. just a one. Well, I can see from, so. from when you've started to now, you've had to adapt, you've had to change. There's new models that come along in order, you know, but as long as your, you know, your core goal is the same, which is to, to help those in need and, and get a, a, a house, you know, a roof over somebody's head, um, you'll probably continue to, to adapt and change as, as you continue and, and, to evolve. And, and this is why we have a general goal, which is our homelessness stuff in Australia, full stop. Yep. But don't ask us for a formal business plan because every day changes and we just roll with the punches and be creative to solve the problem at the time. Yep. Right? And that, that's the way it is. So. How do you um, ensure – so you, you talk about, um, you know, people obviously probably – potential investors thinking it, 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 you know, could be a scam. How do you, um, how do you ensure transparency and trust with those who, who do, you know, look at this and want to donate or, or fund a home? Okay, so there's a few different levels of that. So in the investment space, um, formal contracts and agreements are written up, reporting is done as per any business agreement. Secondly, because we're a charity that's registered with um, ACNC, which is a government um, body that supervises charities you go and see anything about us on there um, financial statements and reporting has to happen every year um, and on top of that because of the compliance regime if we were to do anything that was wrong in inverted commas um, we'd lose our tax status we lose our ability to accept donations you'd be you'd be gone we'd be yeah and look you yeah, it just it would it wouldn't you'd be caught very very quickly. Sure, um, so sure. yeah. All right, so let's let's cards on the table here. We've got someone out there listening right now. Yep. They've got some access to you know somewhere between seventy and say a, a hundred and fifty grand, and they they want to do this. They they're interested. Yep. Explain the process. They'd contact you. What would happen from there? Um, we discuss what their needs are. We discuss what recipients of houses we have. Um, and we put together a package with our legal team and accounting team to make sure that it works for everybody. Okay. And how long would that take from, so, you know, this person comes along, you put all the paperwork together. Assuming um, it was all smooth and yep, there was no yep. hiccups. Which, which there rarely is, <laughs> yeah, but let's, yeah. let's assume that that's, that's the case. You could probably knock it over in a couple of weeks. So. Wow. Okay. And and from that point to, to then put getting the house on onto a, a place? The, the only delay there is supply of the house, which we're now dealing with. Right. Okay. So basically you're out there looking for investors right now. Yeah. Well, any, yeah. People listening. Anyone that wants to contribute um, without being left out of pocket. Can you, um, can you put together uh, 
these sort of packages with multiple investors who want to own a share of, of, of a home, maybe can't come up with the full amount, but um, you can put a few people together? Well, that, that's the exciting part of what's just happened in the last couple of weeks. We've had a um, property developer with a social conscience come to us with a package um, where they will go and find the investors, they'll source the land and put it all together. Um, the, pay, the charity pays a small fee, but investors effectively purchase the property. Right. And they get a, well, in this case, there's a, it's a duplex, um, five bedrooms in each each, build, each side of the duplex. Yep. But they're all self-contained, so it's just a shared bathroom, uh, shared um, dining room and kitchen. Um, so those individual rooms can be rented out. In this particular case, four of the rooms will go to um, people that can't get a job in a particular area because there's no accommodation in that area. And then the fifth room is available as social housing for somebody that just can't afford the full rent. And and that, that room is actually donated to the charity. Fantastic. So, Jeez, I'd like to talk to you a bit yeah. more in detail about that one. In a, in yeah, there's episode. some really exciting things happening. Oh, fantastic. Um, we just got to put the right team together. So. Excellent. Well, look, I think that's just about us uh, done for um, episode two. Thanks, Simon. Look, I really enjoyed chatting to you about this and what a what a fantastic program. And if there is anybody out there who, um, you know, this has touched your heart and you're, you're interested in being able to help while also making a very sound investment, um, this, you know, is a, is a wonderful, wonderful concept um, where it's a win-win-win for, for everybody. Please get in touch with... Um, with Simon at Global Glamping. It's globalglamping.org. Correct. Um, and can find you on the socials and everything else. But uh, look, really enjoyed having you in again and uh, look forward to our our next episode, which will um, be coming out very shortly and we'll be looking at economic homelessness. Yep. So um, thanks once again. Thanks, Adam. Have a great day. Too.